Hi, and welcome to episode number four of this 12-part series of Getting Started in Obstacle Course Racing. Today, we're going to talk about how to train for your first obstacle course race or in the beginning. This is a topic that encompasses a ton. So we're just going to touch on the main points of it, where you can get some resources, and kind of what to watch out for. So how you train depends on where you're starting. The very first question may sound more like, how do I train for a Spartan race? How do I train for a Tough Mudder? How do I train for a Warrior Dash or pick any other organization? And that's really kind of how you have to start because you have to figure out what kind of distance you're going to be covering, what kind of obstacles you're going to be required to do. And different organizations have different requirements. Some are a little more fun and more in just kind of a mud run theme. And other ones are a little harder. They require a little more grit or a lot more. And a lot of them have some obstacles that even their seasoned athletes struggle to get through successfully. So the first thing I recommend is taking a look at your current level of fitness. Some people may be a total beast in the weight room and some people may be good runners. That person who's a beast in the weight room may struggle with the run and the endurance part. The person who is a great runner may be really light and fast, but that means that they may struggle with lifting, pushing, pulling those obstacles. And then you have somebody who is amazing at all of it. And you have somebody else who maybe is just getting started and is literally going from the couch to the course or probably more likely from the computer to the course. And I know what that feels like. I used to spend over two and a half hours every single day in bumper to bumper traffic in the Northeast. That was just bookending my job where I sat at a computer. I had four computer towers, just myself, four large computer screens, just to myself. So I know that position that you get into, the driving position, the sitting at the computer position, and probably even watching some TV when you get home at night position. So if you fall into the first two categories, the first thing you'll need to do is start working on your weaknesses. So either lifters need to start running more or runners need to start lifting more. We'll get into some more details on that later. But if you're truly just getting started, my biggest piece of advice is to really listen to your body. Now, if it's been years since your arms have been in any position other than right in front of you, hanging your entire body weight from your arms on a monkey bar is not uh, going to get you stronger. It's probably gonna get you hurt. So work on that mobility, work on that strength, that true strength, not just pushing stuff around. You wanna make sure that you're not going to injure yourself as you're getting into your new sport. Let's start with some free resources. Nearly all of the large race organizations out there have some sort of free training resource available. I recommend that you sign up on their email list. You will be surprised at how much super valuable free information they actually share. I know I've seen some for Spartan Race. I've been seeing stuff for Savage Race. That's just what's been popping up in my social media newsfeed. Some also offer free workout tours where you can get together and you can work out, you can connect with other racers, and you can meet some of the local trainers if you choose to pursue the paid coaching or training route. That's really important, and we'll get to that in just a second. 
another free resource that I am a fan of, podcasts just like this one. You can listen to endless hours of strength training technique, endurance training principles, nutrition information, success stories, all of that. Spartan has their own podcast even. So tons and tons of different podcasts dedicated to OCR. So you can also look into local running clubs, hiking clubs, uh, even if even local triathlon clubs, they run a lot too. Meetup.com is a great place to get started. And you can recruit friends and family and coworkers to train with you. The benefit of training with these other people in your life is that you have this built-in team building benefit that you get from it. So then we move on to paid coaches and trainers. So not all trainers and coaches are created equal. Prior to hiring somebody, you're going to want to make sure that they've actually done an obstacle course race. I highly recommend hiring a trainer or a coach who has even been through an obstacle course certification. Not every organization offers it. It's definitely not required, but you want to have somebody who knows what they're talking about. There are plenty of trainers that really will just happily take your money and say that they're getting you stronger and that they're building up your endurance, which they are, but you want it to really lend itself to the obstacle course race. And if the trainer hasn't been on a course, it's a lot harder for them to understand what you should be going through. And something that I offer my clients a lot is just the pointers. So in between sets and uh, sometimes on some longer endurance training sessions, we'll talk about different techniques and things like that. It's just an added benefit that you get from somebody who's been doing these races. So how would you find an obstacle course race trainer? Uh, A lot of people are like, wow, that's so specific. It is specific, but If you check with your race organization, I bet they have a little coach finder feature to it. I am certified as a Spartan SGX coach. Steven is certified as both a Spartan SGX coach and a Spartan obstacle specialist uh, that he went to for the extra training. You may even live in an area where there aren't any OCR certified trainers and coaches. In that case, just make sure that somebody understands the different demands that an obstacle course race is going to place on your body. Specifically, things like those shoulders. You need to make sure that you're not going to injure yourself when you get to that course because the adrenaline will be pumping and and there are just all these other factors that go into it. So make sure that you are training for those scenarios, a lot of off balance kind of things too. So then let's talk a little bit about the fundamentals of training for an OCR. We started this whole lesson by describing three types of people, the people who are not doing it at all, the people who are maybe stronger at the obstacles, the person who is maybe better at the run. We also have the people who rock at all of it. But that's the best part about OCR is that there are so many measures for success and different areas for improvement. So whether you're starting from the beginning, whether you have one skill under your belt or you have both skills under your belt, there's always something that you can improve on. And I always tell people, regardless of where you're starting, these courses are meant to test you in every way, mind, body, and spirit for sure. So let's take a look at the most limiting factor which is going to be the distance and the terrain. And you also have to be able to handle the climate. So I tell my potential or brand new clients that the minimum requirement in an obstacle course race is to be able to cover the required distance and navigate the terrain while enduring 
that climate. And we will get to the course selection part. It's going to be part eight of the Getting Started in OCR series. So if going the distance is step one, first you want to find out what that distance is and the terrain and what the climate is going to be for your race. And then you need to see if you can successfully complete that. So whether you're going to go out and hike it or walk it, that is totally acceptable. You just have to remember that you have to make it this whole distance. You can't skip that part. Now, if you need to skip an obstacle, that's one thing, but you cannot skip the distance. And speaking of obstacles, you also have to make sure that you're going to have enough fuel in your tank to be able to do those obstacles. So if you do the distance and the terrain and the climate, and that's all you can do, then work on your training some more so that you get comfortable with that because you're going to have obstacles added in there. After you're able to get the distance, the terrain, you're getting that conditioning down, you're going to want to start adding the obstacle training in. Sure, you'll be able to carry heavy things in your obstacle training, like sandbags and buckets, but you'll also want to work on your flexibility and your agility. And then finally, we have training your mental toughness. So our recommendations is to read or listen to the audiobook Spartan Up and Spartan Fit. And there's also a documentary titled Rise of the Suffer Fest. So I'm sure there are other great books out there. And as you're listening to this, if you have any additional recommendations or anything like that, feel free to email us podcast at ocrradio.com and we can add notes to the blog posts where all of this information is. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I need to get that book, I have the links in here for you. So my very final point on this session is to talk about the people who want to just go it alone. And I give a lot of credit to the obstacle course racer who wants to forego all shortcuts, hacks, information technology, uh, any of that stuff that makes it easier for us because we all enter this sport for a reason. And some of us, that reason is to get back to nature and to completely disconnect. Some of us really want to remember what it feels like to have to figure things out without YouTube. The beauty of this sport is that we're all the same good kind of crazy. All right, so stick around for session five coming up next. And hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. OCR Radio. Get out. Get dirty, get living.